Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation's Quick Save, our gaming-focused segment. I'm here. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me is my Comic Book Nation co-host, Matthew Aguilar. And today, we are proud to be representing Quick Save as we get into a big TV show that also crosses over into the world of gaming. Perfect thing here for Comic Book Nation, where we cover all things geek culture. So we are here to talk about the season two premiere of Halo, the Paramount Plus live action TV series based on the Halo video games. If you guys are regular fans of Comic Book Nation, then you know all too well that we jumped in with both feet to Halo season one, which was a turbulent ride. Right, Matt? Like, uh, yeah, a uh, little bit. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit, just to say the least, just to say the least. So after kind of getting through all that, because I think. We at the show were some of the people who were the most understanding of what this show had gone through, what it was trying to do, what it managed to get in the can and all the COVID to the behind the scenes, creative turmoil to everything. So we were kind of more lenient to say, you know, okay, we see where the seams are here, but we also see good things that we think that sometimes maybe the more hardcore game fans might be missing out on allowing a TV show to cook with, and there were elements of that. So after standing on that business, and uh, by the way, being uh, Comic Book Nation, being a subsidiary and employee of Paramount, let's just get that out in full disclosure in the beginning, but we are here to give you guys our honest opinion. We have a lot of stakes going into Halo Season 2, because we said this show could be something that, given enough of a chance, it would come back and come back strong, with uh, you know, better production, a clearer storyline, and and all the things we needed, all the kinks we needed worked out, and now we're here. Halo season two is here, so Matt, here we go. Here on these recap shows on Quick Save, we will be breaking down each episode of Halo, and for some of them, we will be inviting some special guests from the show to join us and talk about what you just saw in these episodes, including. One big guest that we had to lead off with, Matt. Who do we have at the end of this recap show joining oh, us? Man. We got Master Chief himself, Pablo Schreiber. <laughs> Very All excited right. for that. So, if you're looking for how these Halo recap episodes are going to go, Matt and I are just going to break down the episode beforehand, and then we will feature our talk with one of the cast or crew of the show. So strap in, have fun. If you're just coming off watching the episode, take a deep breath. Because we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, this is a recap show. We will be talking spoilers because that is what we are here for by nature. But just in case it needs to be said up front, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about the season two premiere of Halo. Now, me and Matt are burdened with the knowledge of having gotten the first four episodes of the show. So we, our trick here is to basically just keep this to what we know about episode one. So we're going to be checking each other. (laughs) 
as we go through this, because while we obviously will be talking about spoilers for season or for episode one, it's not going to be we can't be talking about spoilers or things we know coming down the pike. So really fine balancing act. Here we go. Matt, how'd you feel about the season two premiere of Halo season two? It is called Sanctuary. And this one, I was just doing an article about this, but this one was really just done by uh, the new show, was written by uh, new showrunner Dan Weissman. And uh, I feel like this episode has quite a bit to prove out of the gate, just to let viewers know, hey, we're going to be cooking a little bit on a different kind of grill in season two. But what did you think? Oh, man, I thought this was uh, a hell of a way to start season two uh i think the you know we're gonna get into spoilers obviously so i mean this thing leads off with a gorgeous battle sequence i thought uh just showing you know it's when we're when talking to people about it it's like just master chief doing what master chief does and i think there's a spotlight here in this sequence that man that just had knocked it out of the park i mean there's if you wanted close quarters kind of in your face uh action you know there's there's yeah there's like you know the pew pews and all that but like really this gets a lot more confrontational in its combat at least in this particular sequence and uh i thought they knocked that out of the park and then you know all the stuff we we've talked about as kofi alluded to from season one like we've been big proponents there's always been that helmet no helmet, too much, you know, why, why are we seeing the face of Chief, all that th- discourse. And, you know, we were very much of the the side that like, hey, I, I need more than just <laughs> a cool character design. I need to know who the hell this person is. And I think we get a lot of shades of that as well in this in this first episode. And then also building the world out um, and, and Silver Team and, and what's going on with Sworn and all this other stuff that's happening. But I think at its core, this first episode addresses hey we're going to give you close quarters action halo action and then we're also going to give you the character development stuff especially like towards the end uh with with chief and things that like season one did so well uh that got overshadowed by something so i don't know i dug it man i was i was i was hyped (laughs) i didn't know what to think going into this um yeah i have my stats pulled up here i didn't have them before uh New showrunner and executive producer David Wiener is the person who wrote this first premiere episode, and it was directed by Debs Patterson, who directed um, both this episode and will direct next week's episode, episode two, and has done some good TV direction in her work. Um, I think I wrote about how, okay, here's a couple takeaways I got, like right from this opening sequence. First of all, there has clearly been a kind of upgrade in focus on the Spartan Silver team and their kind of camaraderie. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that in season two, that becomes like the clear centerpiece of what the main characters are, right? It's Spartan team in all of them. It's not just, you know, Kay and John and then, oh, these other guys we kind of see sometimes. Whereas it's all of them together and their banter relationships with each other, it is a fundamental difference because it forms an actual emotional core to the show with the characters that fans care about the most, right? Which are the Spartans. And Master Chief obviously is the lead Spartan, but it's hard for him to interact. And there is even 
somewhere in these early episodes, there isn't even an allusion to this where the character, it becomes a part of the character focus and his arc to say, yeah, this dude has trouble connecting with people. He has trouble fitting in with everybody else. He is this isolated, even though he's looked at as a hero, really impersonally, he's just alone. And right. like, what does that mean? And so in, you know, in the face of like higher powers and there's initially we see right from the bat, like some of the threads that get put into the season about, you know, there's this, the person of the lady from the cult asking master chief, you know, do you, you don't believe in gods, do you? That's not for you, is it? And he's kind of like, uh, and so like everything that, you know, we know from the games about like the halo and red, you know, the religious aspects of that and the spiritual aspects of that, like are so heavy in the game and they're already making it feel more relevant to this character in a way we understand. And that's the other thing was the writing is so there's so much clear purpose to this season already. Like, it's already like, okay, I get it. We get a premise that is mm -hmm. it, just in this first episode, simple enough to follow. The Covenant's out there doing secret stuff. They're amassing something. We don't know what it is. Nobody believes our main character. Our main character's like, hmm, this isn't, you know, uh, getting that rebellious spirit going and is going to have to kind of have it from both sides you know his own team up his back and trying to stop this thing this disaster happening before it happens that's such an easy thing to follow it's a mystery it invites us back every week it's like okay we can do reveals we yeah. can do twists we can do all this stuff and like on the surface it's just spartans going out to do spartan things and investigate fly around look at stuff investigate fight like these are things we can build episodes around so yeah, already I thought like, okay, like I get what's going on. It's not like when in season one, I remember us being like, okay, you know, this was weird, but interesting, but let's see where it goes. Like, you know, right. this, no, this one's like, okay, we, we get these beats, they're familiar beats and like, we know where we're headed and, and it's compelling. So and even they, when we slow down and kind of after this initial action sequence and we right. have to do a, a lot because i know that at least and i will say it from these first episodes do have to do some cleanup from like all the stuff in season one to take it be like we haven't forgotten about this but we're streamlining it this season into something else and yeah, yeah even in those parts i thought it did a good job like soren and some of the stuff i could not off on in season one was in the back half of season one rather was more interesting and already set up to be more interesting here yeah. No, and you you mentioned, you know, Silver Team. I I cannot say how much I we, we if you go back and listen to our reactions from season 1, we we talked about Kai like stealing the show constantly because it was like, "Oh my god, like she's such a you know, uh breath of fresh air and stuff and how she challenges Chief and also everything else and stuff." And here, like you would have been pardoned though to not know the rest of the Silver Team's names in season one, like you would have, I wouldn't have blamed you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you can go and find them, but like they didn't make as much of an impact as they really should. And, and just in one episode, I mean, Vanek's already, you know, that whole conversation, it's like within 10 minutes, I think that whole conversation of like, Oh, so when did you do it? Oh, okay. And he starts talking like three weeks ago. And there, that is all the way through the, through to me, through the season so far, they've, they've continued that. And so I just think like that, that immediately makes such an impact. Riz is the same way. Like you're already starting to get personality from this character. Uh, and so I just, you know, that is so necessary when you have someone 
that's more stoic and by nature. You need those other personalities for them to to bounce off of. Um, you know, especially yeah. with the fact that Cortana's not in the picture really in in the episode. So you need that, you know. Um, so I I thought that was right off the gate, like one of the most immediate impacts. Yeah, I think this this has made the case, at least for me, that we got to stop the the mental unless brainwashing is a direct metaphor. Like we need to stop the mentally suppressed mental control trope in in any of these genre projects because I think it kills it every time. Like you said, it's like, what do we do with a character who can't be dynamic? It's like that's just like watching paint dry. And like you just said, in the first opening sequence of this when the Spartans are getting ready for battle, there's more interesting dynamic between Kay and uh, who is that? Is that Riz or I forget? Uh, Vanek. Riz. Yeah. Vanek. Vanek yeah. and Riz is the other girl. Yeah. There's the injured girl. Uh, yeah. Um, Vanek in, in her, and like, yeah, just that thing. And during the battle where he says he's been watching like nature shows and he says something about like <laughs> a thing, like a type of animal that can do this, that, or the other. And they're like, what? Like that's already a much more fun show than anything we got with them just tromping around in season one and the drama of are they child soldiers and and all this stuff, which is just, I mean, wasn't bad as a compelling question about the Spartans, but like it, it didn't leave us with characters that were dynamic. It was a lot of them just sitting around staring at things, hoping for blips of emotion in season one. It's like yeah. here now we're chips out. You know, I don't I don't know how to finish that without getting dirty, but we're just chips out and it's time to like get down. And like, yeah, like you said, they're now a real squad in a unit. And um, yeah, it's again, it's not spoiler to say that dynamic. We know the two of us know is, you know, solidified as a centerpiece for the season. And it also gives you stakes. Now, Master Chief can lose things, even though we know we got to keep Master Chief. Master Chief can lose people, can lose things that really will affect us and will affect the show. And that's a bigger, like a much more important thing, too, because you have to have stakes within the show. Like in season one, if anybody got killed, we wouldn't have cared. And by that finale, it would have been like it was just such a joke. It looked like. It looked like, but in that finale of season one, if we had had somebody like really significantly killed off, like it would have been an NPC on a, on a like cut. Or if it was someone, it would have felt for shock value only. It wouldn't have felt earned. Um, And people would be complaining about like, oh, they got the short shrift. (laughs) Why didn't they get brought back? You know? Um, Yeah, it's for sure. Um, All right. But let's talk about some of the, because we've, we've gone already kind of gushed about the Spartans and that battle sequence. Oh, I also said they're also working smarter, which I I say about the action sequences, because I know people are going to talk about and we've alluded to some of the action. But, you know, this is still like it's still the same kind of challenge. There's still Spartan sequences where they're just CGI characters, the elites and, and and the Covenant are CGI characters. But what they did, like in this first episode, is we have a planet where fog active camouflage, all these things that are that can be seen cynically as tricks for oh, this is much easier to render in. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they did it in a way that created an environment and, and a circumstance where what was a hurdle became kind of a nice asset. That fog, the the, the kind of horror movie nature of it. It's like with, Silent you know, Hill. Memories. Exactly. Like, yeah. and people are getting yanked out and murked out in the fog. And you're just like, oh, and even though, you know, Master Chief is going to survive. Again, you're worried about those other Marines. You're like, yeah. oh, these people don't necessarily got to make it. And can he save them? And what happens to him if he can't save them or like the stakes? Right. 
And so that sequence is so much better using, you know, all those visual tricks to get around just having to render full 3D characters. But that's how you work smarter. And there are other sequences throughout the yeah. season with having the Covenant operate in the shadows, quite literally, you know, um, that do make for just it makes the Covenant more menacing. Right. It makes those sequences more horror like and scary. It makes each fight sequence, whether it's just a bunch of random Marines or the Spartans, it makes you feel like there's stakes and like, ooh, right. I, I want people to make it and stuff like that. There's a um, in season one, they talk about the Covenant a lot. They talk about how deadly they are. They talk about how much of a threat. In season two, in just these early episodes, they make you feel like they are. And they pick their spots to do it. There's a this episode alone is bookended by a gorgeous shot, and you've seen parts of it in the trailer. But you know the energy sword shot of all those lighting up in the fog is just fantastic because it just shows you the scope of like the threat that you're facing, even on a relatively small scale. And then the end, which is the armada shift, like that they've done such a good job of making them feel powerful as opposed to just constantly telling you no 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 we got to worry about him we got to worry about him and that like at some point that starts to lose when they do talk about him here it feeds into a plot regarding chief and Ackerson, which we'll get into because he's also a huge part of the show uh titans alum joseph morgan uh <laughs> choose a lot of scenery uh in this show um but yeah i think it's they they pick their spots but they actually make you feel the threat as opposed to just exposition all the time. And it's great so far. Oh, you're muted, buddy. Oh, sorry, man. Real professional. Um, <laughs> Having them, it, it also takes the horror movie thing of them being the other, this thing, like in, if we ever get to like a halo two point where we're getting more covenant perspective and things like that, that's going to be something we got to earn. Right. Right. Season one made the mistake, the grave mistake, I feel like, of throwing an entire half of the show behind Covenant lines. And like yeah. in doing so, we saw we saw the Covenant elders and we saw what's her name? A uh, little girl that we, oh, I don't key. like to think about. The Yeah, the key. I Oh, it's actually Mucky, isn't uh, it? Mucky, Mucky. Yeah, I forget the name. I, I still, I've watched. We even get, you know, hints of that storyline and stuff. And I still can't remember the name. I'm always flipping on the name but yeah i know what you're talking about yeah but it, like uh I'm, oh mckee mckee yeah <laughs> uh charlie murphy i should remember that name charlie murphy um but um yeah charlie murphy's mckee and then having her be like this focal point for the covenant we ironically never got like i i felt like in season one we never really knew the covenant as anything it was just like weird looking aliens having weird conversations about weird stuff and about sacred objects that we don't understand and no yeah. new viewer understands. And so we didn't even spend that much time with the elites or the brutes or anything, except on those battle sequences when they're just fodder, right? right. Like for master chief and them already. Now these elites and, and McKee like in all this stuff. And we get this little hint of possibly there being like a McKee or a McKee like figure in that fog sequence at the end that master chief sees like they already feel like a lurking threat that could pop up anywhere and be do, like you said, real damage because Master Chief goes through it. It's not like it's easy. It's not like a invincible hero. He has to pull real battle tactics. And that's what I loved about this sequence was 
it was real battle stuff. Like he had to fight for real, like real combat, hand to hand combat, um, using armor, of course, and shields and all the right. Halo stuff we love. But like actually had to do that. And like there's a great sequence when an elite jumps on him and is trying to stab him and he's blow and he shoots him at first, but the shield is there. So he has to get like real close with the pistol and like blow like through the shield and his head, like at close range and stuff like that. It's just the details are here too. That's the other thing we should say. Like from the stunt work to the production design to the sequencing and staging, this feels like Halo game sequences. As if and even better than some, because as you said, like this sequence feels like if Halo had a great Silent Hill sequence in it. Where right. You had to yeah. walk through a fog with elites jumping out about at you. Like I would play that part in a game. That'd be dope. Like yeah. it'd be so much fun. Um, but yeah, they they kind of really nail it back. But um uh before we get out of here, I just want to take it some time and just kind of focus on the slower parts because I know we're geeking out over here about this big battle sequence, and I'm sure people will be talking about that. But um Again, I liked that we have to deal with season one, but they find a way to do it in a way that is compelling. Like the one of the most uneven things was Bokeem Woodbine, who I love as an actor. One of, I mean, right now, I think I was thinking about it like we got to put some respect on that man's name as a character actor for the level of stuff he's done. And I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of the last hit or whatever that crazy. No, no, no. The big hit. He is amazing in, but I did not (laughs) immediately go there. However, he is fantastic in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, Soren's story, because early on in season one, Soren had like that big bottle episode with him and Quan and like that whole Mm -hmm. fight. And he was pretty badass, but it was like so uneven by the end, like how he fit in with Master Chief and all that stuff. Already, you just get a simple kind of story here um, and some twists with Soren early on that are just already more exciting. And it's all kind of related to something with Halsey. And, you know, these things are going to come together eventually. And it's just that's already more compelling. They're already kind of gathering these elements together and linking them in ways. Whereas the first season felt like so spread out and like and like yeah. this was there, this was there and trying to keep track of all of them and relate them to each other was a lot harder. Um, so I, I thought they did a good job. And like you said, uh, we meet Ackerman in this episode, who is uh Brother Blood. Brother Blood uh, from, Titan, from Titans, as you said, uh Joseph Joseph Morgan. But already kind of I, I like because Halsey, I guess, is obviously a much more complex character. Um, not just arch, not just evil, but this guy can be a little bit more of just a smarmy kind of guy we don't like right and it's easy to ally against in his conversations with you know the spartans and things like that he's just as deadly with conversation as they are with guns and, and his scheming and so that already is a good interesting element and you know it's joseph morgan he just got done being brother blood you know there's got to be some kind of turn coming down the pike so we just got to keep an eye out for that um, i know he but- teased it as you'll hate me at first and then you'll grow to love me. And I'm like, boy, it's going to take some, uh, <laughs> I'm going to see, I'm very interested to see how that arc plays out or, or no, I think he said, you'll understand me. And I went, okay. But like, you know, he's already making the, the hate thing. Uh, he's already knocking that out of the park, but it's just, I mean, he's a great actor. I, he could just sit there and like ponder things. And he does it in such a pretentious smarmy way you're just like oh my god like especially his his conversation his conversations with chief are like living that out on screen right like oh my god how do you not punch him <laughs> like how do you not oh, hit yeah, this no. man 
and again, like I love the camera work and, and the direction in this because they do the same thing from like uh, I know people get heated about this, but Batman versus Superman and that Lex Henry Cavill scene. Like mm-hmm. I understood the casting of Lex Luthor in that movie simply from that scene because it's like this little smarmy smart guy like just yapping off in Superman's face and Superman having like every reason to just like level his face off his face and then being like, I can't do that. And, and the restraint right. of that and and that character knowing that he can't do it and just. And in a twist to that, though, this character, unlike Lex, has, you know, he was like he used to he was in the military. Like he fought, he was on the battlefield. So like he has a, there's like a degree of respect there already with chief when he comes in, like you're one of us and yet now you're in this spot. And so like the way they play with that as well. And he plays with that to manipulate people to a degree. Like that's really interesting. That's a thing that like, you know, it's, it's weird. Like I don't feel like chief and other people don't even know really how to feel about him because he's kind of coming at it from all angles a little bit. Yeah, he's always kind of reprimanding, but he's also kind of like, oh, but he comes in and that scene is great because like, right, the details. He's like, oh, I know him. Oh, and you're back on your feet. And yay, it's you. And I know. And he actually knows who they are. They're not like grunts or just assets to him. But you don't know if he knows it because he actually generally cares about them or he knows that that's a tactic to get people ingratiated to you is to is to treat them and, and call them by name and know those details. So. Again, he keeps you guessing, and that's what you want. And I think, yeah, I'm trying to think pound for pound. Like all the people we tend to have to focus on this season are are people who are just you know good actors, compelling characters. And I don't think there's like, unlike season one, I didn't feel like there was as much drag. Even when we go to other yeah. places and focus on like the soaring side of the universe, like agreed, where we find those characters, and, and now knowing, and, and some people who have more um more um exposure this season like fiona oh oh my god fiona shognessy as uh lara as soren's Mm. wife Mm -hmm. who you know has a lot of spotlight there which is great exactly and and good in a good compelling again a compelling character you don't know quite where she's gonna go or like what she's gonna do or how she's gonna land on things she's far less passive in this already than you know much more and kessler has a role to play too right like it's it's son yeah. like it's really the, yeah they, they, right exactly if you're gonna if you're gonna move us into a section and devote time to trying to get us to care about a certain situation then you need to give the people in those scenes some material and some things to to really chew on and and convey that. And I think they're, they're moving in that right direction with those parts. I think some people will come in and still think they're, you know, they, they're a little slower than other aspects of the show. And, and they'd be right. I found them very interesting though. Like I was still immersed and I, I really care about that stuff. Uh, and especially with how things end in the episode. Uh, I thought they teed that up really nicely. Like you need to care about this side because it's going to factor in down the line um yeah you know. yeah and and they quickly even make but i mean they give soren and Gruer just like little it's not in quite an action sequence but like they put some budget to it and 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 put some spectacle behind it and then there's a twist like you said and so yeah already you come out of this episode which i will say there's a lot of weird endings to each of these episodes sometimes i'm always kind of <laughs> like sometimes I'm like uh-huh 
is where they stop. It's kind of always, but it feels like they, they're kind of telling like one big movie storyline and they just kind of stop at each chap, each place. But um, yeah, I think overall, would you say if you can even remember what Halo season one's premiere was about, would you say this was a better season premiere? I rem from what I vaguely remember of my reaction to it. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I was pretty sure. Oh, I, it's, been, it's been a it's while, Quan's, but like, yeah. Okay. I'll recap it for you. It's Quan's family and her, like her dad getting wiped out before they get saved by the Spartans. That's right. We, yes. And then we kind of, uh, then there's a whole bunch of like Halsey doing a bunch of stuff and like, yeah. And then keys and John get taken back to the base Okay. I remember the whole Quan part now. Okay. So, okay. And I remember. Okay. So I think I remember liking that, that premiere quite a bit at the time. Um, and especially for what it had to set up and things like that. But I will say, I think this works as a, I could tell someone like, just start here. And I would feel comfortable with them, like getting the, this is the tone this is the feel like i i think if you like this episode you'll like the series i don't know if i could have done that with the first one i don't think i could i would have recommended i would still pick people i would still like you need to kind of your likes and dislikes need to line up with this for for me to feel like you'll gravitate to it this episode i could show to a bunch of people and be like if you dig it i think you will this is this is a better hopping on point for me, and and it gets across the things I loved about season one in one hour. So I I think it's better, uh, and without even considering the action scene, I just think all the stuff in between and after are really good, and then the action scene like puts it over the top, you know. Yeah, um, I was looking back at it. Yeah, I'd forgotten how much season one was a mess of narrative. It like how many times it changes focus. It doesn't even start Master Chief. It starts with this random person, Quan. We don't know. There's all these flashbacks in every episode to like John as a kid and him and Sora and his kids yep. and like right. all that stuff. And it was just like, yeah, that was way too much. This is a much more kind of focused episode with conflict, characters, characterization, arcs, and just the basics and just nailing down the basics and getting those going. So. I think it's a vast improvement on, yeah. you know, the, the premiere and just the overall how I feel about what this season will be. So I'm in a more positive place. Sounds like you're in a more positive place. Are yeah. you guys out there reacting and viewing? Are you in a more positive place? Let us know at Comic Book Nation. If you want to talk to us directly or tell us how right or wrong we are. For our recap segment of the Halo Season 2 premiere, but we're not done yet. We sit down with Halo star Pablo Schreiber to talk about the episode as well. Matthew Aguilar stepped out and handled that interview for us, so check that out. Matthew Aguilar here with Comic Book Nation, and we are here for a very special episode of Quick Save, and we're talking all things Halo. So, who better than to have Master Chief himself Pablo Shriver with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Pleasure is mine. Uh, so we got a lot to, uh, there's a lot to process uh, in, in episode one. Uh, I feel like number one, we just got things uh, kicked off in a 
in a rather epic way. Uh, it is called Sanctuary. Uh, obviously, there is a huge uh, battle that you know we've been teasing, but I feel like we did it justice with the with the teases. Uh, what was that like setting the tone for that scene itself, that that fight sequence? Because I feel like we really got an idea of it didn't feel like a video game. It felt like a video game brought to life in a way. Uh, what do you feel? Yeah, no, it was really important, you know, to to start the season off with a bang. Um, really important to see Chief in his element. Really important to see him doing what he does best. Uh, important to see why he has the reputation he has. Uh, and, and really start the season... Um, you know, giving fans that that massive moment that they've wanted for a while. Um, and it was a, it was an opportunity to also create a new vocabulary around how the action was going to be told uh, for this season. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the big changes from first to second season is is the tone of the show. Uh, it's a little darker. It's uh, more gritty. Uh, it's more subjective in terms of the point of view. And especially uh, when we're, when we're in battle sequences, we want you to feel like you're in the battle with the soldiers. We want you to feel like it's immediate and dangerous and, and you're right there. And so that was an opportunity to start the season off in that way uh, by establishing that new camera vocabulary and art department vocabulary where there's always mist and fog and you can't quite see what's just beyond the next corner you know um <clears throat> the new showrunner david weiner was was adamant that he wanted to tell uh an eight episode make, make an eight episode war movie basically and um you know this was kind of the the best way to kick that off so thanks for noticing well, and you, I mean, there is definitely the, the war aspect comes through there. Uh, and also the, because of the, how devastating the attack is as well. Uh, and you see the people affected by it as well as your team. So I, I think it kind of, you know, there was a lot of bases covered there because you're yeah. getting this kind of big macro picture, but also a very small personal picture. Yeah, within, you, you within really themselves. get a sense of what the stakes are, you know, from from the human perspective, from the soldier's perspective and from the side of humanity in general. You know, they're losing planets at an incredibly accelerated rate. Uh, the, the Covenant is getting closer and closer to their stronghold of reach. Um, they're trying to keep them distracted in the outer reaches of, of the universe, but um, it's uh, things are not going well and they're getting too close for comfort. Well, and that was inter something interesting, too, that the episode does throughout is that, you know, it sets the stage for this big fight. And you're like, OK, like that's that's amazing. And and then like Silver Team doesn't necessarily come home to like a a hero's welcome. It's said that, you know, the other there's another team, obviously, that is kind of a bit annoyed <laughs> with Silver Team and them getting all the accolades. But like it doesn't feel like it's this big homecoming for them because it feels like there's a bunch of people that don't feel like this even this threat exists that this you know this things that chief is warning them to are like no no it's all in your head you know it's it's not it's like played for that's not real and there's starts to be a thing throughout the episode of like okay did that happen <laughs> is that is, is this something that happened? which is amazing when it's so many people were around to see it, you know, and I just enjoyed that they kind of played with that aspect. What can you tease about just number one, how it affects Chief here in this particular episode, but then also how it affects him throughout the season? Yeah, well, a couple of things. One, you know, we kick it off right away at the beginning of the season uh, with the, the scene of Silver Team up on the ledge. 
and they're griping about, you know, their current assignment. And you get the sense right away that they're being underutilized, you know, and we don't quite we don't quite know why or what that looks like. And when we get back home from sanctuary, from the battle, we immediately meet James Ackerson, who's the new uh, leader of, of uh, he's he's Oni, he's leader of Oni, but he's taken on the Spartan team and uh, replaced Halsey basically as the head of the Spartan program. And uh, and we we right away are sort of we we sense that he's using the Spartans in a different way, and we don't know why. And Chief is going to have to uh, in the first few episodes figure out what his intentions are and why he's using them in the way that he is. Um, kind of alongside that arc is the arc of uh, people starting to mistrust Chief, you know, and and it's spurred on by Ackerson, who's very uh, quite obviously suggesting that his um, judgment is not reliable anymore. And so you have this character arc of your, your lead being um, his sanity being questioned. And um, that's, you know, obviously a fun arc to play and then even more fun to, uh, you know, be validated by episode four when obviously the threat is quite real and at our doorstep and off we go. Well, and it's fun too. I mean, Morgan's so great in this role that uh, I don't know. There's so many, it's hard to find a descriptor that, that works there. There's like a, there's very much a, like a smarminess to, to the, to the character telling you things that, you know, aren't, you know, aren't true, or at least that is to be believed. And uh, you guys play off each other, you know, really well in those scenes. And there's not a, you know, a pistol or a laser rifle in sight. Um, is, has that been fun to kind of flesh that part out? Cause he's got a great line in the first episode of, you know, something actually that I can, I feel like applies to the series too. And the fact that like everyone knows who master chief is, but you know, does anyone really know John? And that's such a great encapsulation of the series. I think, um, what can you, what hasn't been fun working with him in those sequences this season and in this episode in particular? Yeah, absolutely. The character is such a good foil for chief in the sense that, you know, they, they are real cat and mouse, you know, trying to figure out what the other one is trying to get at and neither one stating exactly what their intentions are. And that's always fun when, when you have people trying to manipulate their will on the other person, um, but doing it silently and behind the scenes. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a real smarminess to Joseph Morgan's performance in, in a perfect way as Ackerson. And, uh, and he's a, a great addition to, to the show. Um, Christina Rodlow also is a new cast member we have who plays uh, Perez. And she's equally as important in in Chief's journey in the sense that uh, in the second episode, he ends up at dinner at her house and um, ends up at like sitting at the family table with them. And she brings up this whole line of thought for him uh, after this experience on Sanctuary, where he's confronted by the leader of the people that are basically being asked to leave their home. Uh, She gets right in his face and she says, have you faith, Spartan? Have you family? And, you know, he doesn't think about it much at the time, runs away and, you know, saves the world or actually just saves Perez first. And then later he goes back in the second episode to to check on her because she's lied about something in her recap of the event. And he doesn't understand why. And she invites him up to dinner. She ends up sitting. He ends up sitting down with her entire family at dinner and watching this, you know, uh, collection of people who love each other and who have faith, not just in each other, but through their religion as well. And he's confronted with an aspect of his humanity that he hasn't put any thought into. Um, and that the reverberations of, 
of that dinner and of that question that he got from the mother will uh, continue for him throughout the season. Oh, that's great. Uh, because, you know, one of the, it's, it's been interesting to see how the different Spartans take on that journey. Obviously Venick starts it this season. We learned that, you know, early on that, you know, he's like, yeah, I just joined the club, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever. And he's still trying to figure out what that is. And, and Kai obviously is like all aboard that train. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see how how John is still kind of trying to discover it for himself, but is also in a way kind of the representation of this kind of change in approach to life for them. Like he's the one to do it first, and they all kind of followed, even though it wasn't explicitly said. Um, you know, touched on something else that is one of my joys of the second season, uh, true joys, which is to get to watch these amazing actors that I worked with on first season um, uh, who, who play the other characters in the silver team. Kate Kennedy plays Kai, Natasha Kolzak plays Riz and Bentley Kalu plays Vanek. And they worked so hard and so tirelessly through the first season for, you know, not a lot of glory, right? They're, they're basically behind under the helmets and, and not a lot of, uh, personality uh, given to each character. But one of the real joys for me uh, as an actor and as a leader was getting to see these three actors take the reins of their roles and start to differentiate themselves from each other and start to have their own moments throughout the season. And um, they they rose to the occasion with flying colors. They're all fantastic in their roles. And it was really a true pleasure for me to watch. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Uh, and, you know, one of the big things we'll get to uh, towards the you know the end of the first episode is that um part of that journey for chief is trying to figure out who he is without cortana because that connection has been you know severed as of now um you know Ackerson even makes a point to highlight that and it's been a big thing of the debate but we we get this kind of rare moment of vulnerability uh for john and it's it's interesting because it's not a direct one-to-one meeting uh because it's obviously not cortana but i i thought the way it was done was really interesting and also just he's not completely aware of how he feels yet about about that uh but it's i thought it did a good job of kind of teeing that story up for the the rest of the season uh you know what what did you think of that scene it's one of my favorite scenes of of not just the season but of the entire series so far oh wow it really encapsulate for me, uh, you know, this this journey of of John discovering his humanity. One of the best ways to do that, right? You, you the characters of John of Master Chief and Cortana are are inseparable, right? Where she's always going to be a part of his journey and his storytelling. So, how many interesting ways can you do that? You know, in the video game, she's with you as your tour guide through the game. You're him, and she's your leader, right? And and that dynamic, although their relationship changes and shifts, that dynamic doesn't change. That's pretty steady. Um, in when you use do it as a TV series, you have uh, opportunities to to go through such a journey with with two different characters and so many different ways to do it. And so for me, I really love that we get to see. First of all, you had you had John in his resistance to Cortana through season one, right? The the fact that he wasn't open to the idea that it that it scared not scared him but uh, that he that he didn't feel like he needed her um there was some antagonism in the early days when she was there um they 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 didn't gel at first 
And by the end of the season, he had really come to terms and realized how amazing she was, how useful she was, and how now almost indispensable she was. And to then see him where he has had her taken away from him and begin to question what it meant to have somebody with him at all times, to have a partner, you know, that could actually aid him in his work. Uh, and now begin to question also what it means now to not have her and what it means to be alone. You know, that's a dynamic that you don't get to see, you know, much of in the video games and, and one that uh, I think has great mileage out of it. And the first few episodes of the first season will be part of the journey of the first few episodes will be his journey, you know, back to Cortana. Well, and there's so much going on too, because obviously you have, Soren's story, you have things that are taking place outside of just uh Chief and yeah. and the even just the war itself, right? There's all these other people are living life everywhere. Yeah. Um, and obviously Soren, that storyline will, you know, Chief has a history there. We saw that play out in season one, so that will be a big touching point moving forward. But then, you know, it's uh for those who were like, you know, okay, well, uh, what's the big tee up for the next? where we go with the covenant it's like boom that i thought okay i i gotta say the energy sword scene is gorgeous the way the far all that stuff the way those all flare up i will say the coming out of the clouds the the flare up on the oh, that, Isn't that <laughs> like, beautiful? The, the fleet coming out of the clouds yeah that's a that great that, shot oh my god yeah uh, yeah. What does that so, set up for season two? You can't go wrong two. with an energy, energy sword in the fog. With, a, <laughs> with the battle with Sangheili and an energy sword in the fog, you really just can't go wrong. No, uh, you can't with either of those, really. What does that um, tee up for for episode two and moving forward, that particular uh, scene and, and the the even bigger threat the Covenant pose now? Well, that's exactly it. It's it's establishing that the, the threat is quite real, you know, and we as an audience member know now that we've seen it, now that we've seen the, the fleet at the doorstep of Sanctuary right before they glass it, we know we know they're coming. We know they're, pra as Chief will say in the next episode, it, it feels like they're training for something. Um, and just what that is, you know, we'll uh, unfortunately learn in just a couple episodes. Well, thank you so much uh, for the time. Uh, all the best success on the season two. It's fantastic uh, so far. Really enjoying it. And uh, can't wait for people to check it out. And you can check it out right now on Paramount+. Plus. All right. Thank you, Pablo Schreiber, so much for coming on to Comic Book Nation and uh, helping us out with Quick Save. Uh, we are so grateful for to Pablo and everybody else from the Halo season two cast that will be showing up doing interviews with us and helping us make these recap episodes extra special for you guys, the fans. If you are just now getting into comic book nation, we are the show that does it all for geek culture. Every week we have multiple segments of our show that we release in both podcast form on uh, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and on the comic book nation YouTube page. You can find Matt telling you what's big in comics every week on the poll list. We did a Percy Jackson in the Olympians after show called Riptide Radio. You're now listening to Quick Save, our gaming focus segment, which will not only release these Halo recap episodes every week, but our regular gaming focus segment every Thursday. And if you want to chill with me, Matt, and the rest of the regular Comic Book Nation show hosts, our live show every Friday is the master show from which we do all things geek culture, talk about all topics, and... Uh, do a major review of film and TV 
every week. Don't miss any of it. Subscribe now. This is Quick Save. We will see you guys for Halo Episode 2 and other gaming news. See you guys out there. Peace. It's his.